Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Story time. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. As a podcast listener, you've heard from us before. Today, let's hear from our members about what online therapy has done for them. I would recommend my therapist 1,000 times over. She has truly changed my life. The day after my first session, my friends and family said I sounded like myself again for the first time in weeks. You deserve to invest in your well-being. Visit BetterHelp.com to see what it can do for you. That's BetterHelp.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. (laughs) 
My brother-in-law was driving from Suva to Lautoka on Fiji around the back road. The night before, a young girl was seen walking along the road before she was murdered. My brother-in-law, thinking about this story, as he drove the empty road early morning, saw a girl crying as she walked along the road. He stopped to offer help but a big plume of fog blew over and she vanished in it. Then his car started to smell like sweet, cheap children's perfume. He freaked out and sped off. He got about two kilometers down the road, well, out of the fog, and he saw her again. Walking, crying. He turned around and went the opposite way around. So, my boyfriend and I were hiking on an island of off Tofino, British Columbia. This island is owned by Native Americans, and you pay their community to hike there even though no one actually lives there. You take a 20-30 to 30 minute water taxi ride to the island, hike up it, and then call for the water taxi again when you're done. This hike is supposed to be around 4-5 to five hours round trip. We started at around 12 p.m. When we got to the island we got super turned around. We ended up seeing this one lone cow or bull, not sure? That had giant horns. It was not happy to see us pass. That was weird. We walked by it and eventually found this desolate home. It was probably three stories high, with all of the windows smashed in, full of random crap surrounding it, like a broken swing set. We kept walking and found a broken down truck that was clearly being scrapped for parts. Not one other human. At this point we were pretty creeped out and aware we were lost so we walked back and found the trailhead and set off in the right direction. However, the trail was not well maintained at all and we were concerned we were going to get lost. If you haven't been to Canada's rain coast, imagine the jungle but not as hot. So many leaves and trees and vines and cobwebs overhead that it blocks out the sun sometimes. Tons of mud. Trees broken down over the paths. Beautiful, but easy to get turned around in. We eventually realized we were on the right track, and we did run into some other hikers who passed us on the way up. We're feeling pretty good at this point and head down the mountain before the other hikers. Eventually, this hikers pass us and we can't hear anyone around us. It is getting close to around 6 p.m., and the sun is setting. We took way too long. My boyfriend is going fast and I am slowing him down, he keeps nagging me to hurry up. Suddenly, he stops and looks back at me and says did you hear that? I pause and listen. Nothing. I didn't hear anything. I tell him. He says, it sounded like an animal or like a person breathing. I get the chills hearing that, but listen again and don't hear anything. I tell him he must be imagining it and we keep going in silence for maybe another 10 minutes. Again, he stops suddenly and says listen. I stop and listen and yeah, I heard it. It's super heavy breathing from above us. We both look up and are scanning the literally thousands of trees above us. We can't see anything, but we can hear it. And it is not human. We look at each other, and I have never run faster in my life. I was like a bat out of hell and my boyfriend could barely keep up with me. We didn't hear anything again for the rest of the hike, but we paused a few times to listen and looked behind us more times than we could have counted. Some of our friends think it might have been a Bigfoot or a Wendigo, 
but both of those options are still pretty terrifying. My grandfather was driving back from London late at night on a road that was heavily surrounded by woodland, when he pulled over to relieve himself. Midstream through the quiet night he could hear hurried footsteps in the distance coming from the forest. Quickly finishing up he ran back to his car, all while the footfall was getting closer. Just after he had started to set off a man burst from the forest and chased after the car as my grandfather sped away. I'll never forget that day at work when my co-workers and I found ourselves discussing paranormal experiences. It had been an unusually slow day at the deli with hardly any customers, so we decided to share some spooky stories to pass the time. One of the deli workers had a particularly chilling story to tell. He recounted an incident that had taken place about a year back when he and several friends were having a BBQ and decided to spend the night at his house. The way he told the story made my spine tingle with anticipation. According to him, they were all gathered on the back porch, just enjoying each other's company and talking late into the night. Everything seemed perfectly ordinary until, out of nowhere, one of his friends let out a startled yell and pointed towards the tree line. All eyes turned to where his friend was pointing, and there, standing by a tree, they saw what appeared to be a human figure. The atmosphere on the porch suddenly shifted, and a sense of unease settled over the group. They were all frozen in place, trying to make sense of what they were seeing. But the terror didn't end there. In a matter of seconds, the human figure seemed to transform into a canine shape right before their eyes. The creature vanished into the woods, leaving the group dumbfounded and shaken. The deli worker who had shared the story swore that none of them were drunk or under the influence of any substances. They didn't want to behave recklessly around the children who were also present at the gathering. As I listened to his story, I couldn't help but feel a mixture of fear and fascination. It sounded like something straight out of a horror movie. I could only imagine the fear and confusion they must have experienced at that moment. After hearing this tale, the curiosity in our group grew, and we couldn't help but wonder what they had encountered that fateful night. Was it a trick of the light, an optical illusion, or something more supernatural? We couldn't say for sure, but one thing was certain. There was something eerie and unexplainable lurking in those woods. As the day at the deli continued, we often found ourselves glancing towards the tree line, half expecting to catch a glimpse of the enigmatic figure ourselves. The deli worker's story left a lasting impression on all of us, and we were left with the haunting question, what could possibly take on the form of both a human and a canine? The mystery remained unsolved, and we could only wonder if there were more secrets hidden in the darkness of that forest, waiting to be discovered by unsuspecting eyes. We were investigating a campsite surrounded by blood and lots of reported Bigfoot activity. As we were patrolling the area on the lookout for any suspicious activity, we heard something heavy crawling through the brush, breaking branches as it moved. It stopped once we turned off our lights, and we could hear something right beside us. It was breathing very heavily, making strange noises, and suddenly we see this large dark shape jumping right between my partner and me. Before turning around to face us, 
It was at least eight feet tall, about five feet wide, and had yellow glowing eyes in the darkness. It stared us down intensely for a moment before turning and running off into the woods after it realized it had been spotted. I don't think it expected us to be there. We searched for footprints or anything else beyond being completely terrified about what we had just seen, but we knew our job meant that we had to follow it and find out who or what it was. My partner and I just kept looking at each other in disbelief after seeing what a creature this was. Clearly, there was nothing about this that was human in any way, shape, or form. The strange part, though, is that even though we did report this incident to our higher-ups, they didn't seem the least bit concerned. They talked as if they knew something but weren't going to tell us. Anyway, if you manage to get your hands on any sort of Bigfoot encounters or stories, I would love to read them and try to educate myself on what it is that we saw. And don't get me wrong, my partner and I were completely horrified by this, still am. It's still rough to talk about, but I figured I have to at least come to terms with it. We're very lucky that this large animal didn't attack us and kill us. The night was unusually dark as I drove my truck along the highway in Arizona, transporting with logs to my next destination. The only source of light came from the headlights cutting through the blackness, creating a tunnel of visibility ahead. The vast expanse of desert stretched out on either side, casting eerie shadows under the moonless sky. As I continued down the lonely road, my thoughts drifted away, consumed by the rhythmic hum of the engine and the monotony of the journey. However, a sudden glimmer of two glowing lights in the distance jolted me back to full alertness. Curiosity peaked, I wondered if it was another vehicle or perhaps some sort of roadside emergency. As I drew closer, my heart began to race, and a sense of dread washed over me. There, on the deserted highway, stumbling and waddling, was a grotesque creature. Its movements were awkward, dragging one of its legs with each step, and it seemed to be engrossed in its own actions. The sight of it made me cringe and shudder, as if a primal instinct within me recognized the unnatural and dangerous presence before me. The creature's facial features, what little I could discern from the distance, were enough to make my stomach drop to my ass. It appeared male, but its face was a horrifying sight to behold. The creature's disfigured jaw hung open, making its already ghastly skinny face appear even more unsettling. Deep, dark eye bags gave its eye sockets an empty, soulless look, and its mouth stretched wide open, creating a hauntingly hollow expression. I couldn't shake the feeling that the creature was staring into the depths of my soul. As I approached, other horrifying physical attributes became apparent. The creature had no clothes, its deathly skinny frame almost skeletal in appearance. Its height was unnaturally tall, even freakishly so, and its body was covered in layers of dirt and grime. Though hard to make out in the dim light, I could tell it probably looked white. Feeling an overpowering mix of fear and morbid curiosity, I instinctively pulled my truck to a stop. My eyes widened as I saw the creature devouring a deer right there on the road. It tore at the carcass with a savage hunger, making my skin crawl and my mind scream at me to drive away. But before I could react, the creature noticed me, its head snapping up to face my direction. 
It was as if the beast had sensed my presence all along and was now ready to confront the intruder. My heart hammered in my chest, and panic surged through my veins. In that heart-stopping moment, I knew I had to get out of there. With trembling hands, I turned the key in the ignition, revving up the engine. The creature's chilling shrieks echoed through the night as it ran towards me with unnatural speed. Fear gripped me like a vice, and without hesitation, I slammed my foot on the gas pedal, the tires screeching as the truck shot forward. The creature lunged towards me, its grotesque features contorting with rage, but I was already accelerating away from that nightmarish sight. My heart didn't settle until I had put a considerable distance between myself and that horror. My breaths came in ragged gasps as I drove on, adrenaline coursing through my veins. What had I just witnessed? Truck driver in the US. I had just started trucking and had been at it a few months. I was with a company that makes you ride teams for the first six months. The guy they teamed me with isn't a bad guy but, like everyone, there are always some things you don't like about other people. These things aren't horrible but little things. Well we were at a shipper one day at a slaughterhouse. The smell. I don't see how the employees manage it. We get hooked to our trailer and I head in to get my paperwork. Leave only to find out, thankfully before I left, that the seal number was different than what was on the papers. I go back in to correct this mistake and as I walk in there is another trucker following me in. While I wait on my paperwork again, this guy and I strike up a conversation. In the middle of the convo, or rather towards the end, I happen to mention my mild frustrations about my partner. I want to paint a picture of this guy real quick. Six feet not fat but has a bit of a trucker's pudge going on, and around 50 years on him. His arms, I didn't really notice at first, had hundreds of small inch long cut scars. All different directions all over what I could see of his arms. He wore a short sleeve t-shirt. He also had some of these small scares on the neck around the collar of his shirt but not so many. Bit of a wild look in his eye. Anyways, back to the story. In hearing my frustrations this man proceeded to tell me that I have to let it go. I said, yeah it really isn't that big a deal so I don't think about it the guy, just let the demons out. He gestures a fist and drags it across his gut as if he were holding a knife and cutting himself with it. Guy, you got to let the demons out and let them fall and walk away. Gesturing every word he is saying. The man then proceeded to pull his shirt up and I now witnessed the same scaring from his arms on his stomachy. All over. Hundreds. What got me the most was the really big one. Right in line with where he dragged his fist. I was in shock realizing the situation. This man has done this to himself and is probably speaking literally. As my brain is racing, all I think is I need to be gone from here. So I nod my head in agreement because I don't know what he would do if I didn't. And promptly ask for my paperwork with a staunch voice. Nothing came of it but that man is seriously disturbed and I think needs professional help. I hope he got it. It was the first and only time that I had ever genuinely feared for my life interacting with another individual on a face-to-face -face basis. I hope that by posting this, 
Maybe another fellow officer will read this and open up about some of the more sensitive things in their own life. I was partnered with a fellow officer who would always tell me these stories about how he was seeing this thing all over the place. He said he saw it by the 7-Eleven and then again by an abandoned house that used to be a meth house. Finally, this thing had apparently followed him outside of town into the swamps and forest. I never once thought he was making any of it up because you know he's my partner, that's not his style. He's very serious. But I begin to notice things along with him as well. At first, it wasn't anything major, but just odd little things that you'd see for a split second, usually when you're driving through unpopulated rural areas at nighttime. Other officers had told me that they too had been seeing something strange around their patrol zones but were hesitant on speaking up. One night, my partner said that he was going to follow whatever it was into the forest. I was already nervous about the area of Florida because people have talked about seeing some really weird things there in the years. I tried talking him out of it, but he insisted on going anyway, so I went with him. A few blocks away from the edge of the forest, I told him to stop and park by a remote two-story house on a street corner. He parked right next to it, cut his engine off and we sat there in silence for roughly three to five minutes. Then, we heard this blood-curdling roar coming from nearby in the marshes, and my partner looks behind us and screams, oh no. Then, he turns the engine back on and peels out of there like a bat out of hell. I never did find out what he saw behind us. I didn't find out until after he'd retired that he'd seen what was making those roars, and he claims it wasn't human. I hope the department never puts him in a position to have to shoot one. I can only assume they're big, tough, and mean, but again, if there were anything like this when he saw it, who knows how much good a gun would do. If this is maybe something like a skunk ape, I'm also willing to bet that all the strange creatures out there are smart enough to not attack him after what he must have done. That's all for now, folks, but if you want to discuss this in private, go ahead and send me a PM. I'd be more than happy and willing to discuss this. This story was shared to me probably a little over a year ago by a US border control agent who obviously wanted to remain anonymous. Some of the stories he shared with me about working on the southern border were interesting, including some Bigfoot type encounters. But the first incident that he experienced was with a dog man. This occurred when he was still training for his job. It really shook him because he had never seen anything like it before. So, he drove around with a senior co-worker, a field training officer. They were in their Ford truck driving around, showing him the checkpoints and hotspots where they usually find people illegally crossing the border. I believe he said he was working 10 or 12 hour shifts. This was at the Arizona-California border where it intersects with the Mexico border. One night, while he was still fairly new, he actually had a cold and wasn't feeling very well. They were traveling on a dirt road which was part of their normal routine. They didn't see any signs of people which they thought was a little odd because he says he always sees trash, water bottles, or clothes or something out there. They got to the turnaround and flipped on their spotlights. They didn't really see anything and as they're turning around the headlights and the spotlights illuminated something in the distance. His training officer looked over and said, Oh, 
That's probably just a wild animal. We should we go take a look. They get closer and I guess at this point the terrain got kind of rough. He slowly drove forward. While observing this animal they could tell that it had dark black fur, but weren't sure what they were looking at. Maybe we should just leave it alone? He was really urging the training officer that they should get out there. His response was, no. We need to go check it out. Then it clicked with the training officer that something wasn't right. It looked like a bear hunched over while eating something. They got within 30 yards of it, a good distance but still close enough that they could see what was going on. At this point they flipped on another set of bright lights from the light bar on the cab roof. This creature lit up, then it stood up. He thought it was a giant man with a fur coat. But as it turned around he noticed that it had this dog's head, like a wolf's head. It was all black and you could see the eyes. The eye shine was reflecting an amber tint. It was very muscular and had broad shoulders. It was way too huge to be a dog or wolf. Then it stood up on its back legs. He immediately stopped the truck as they watched this upright canine looking at them. After several seconds, this dog man eventually took a step towards them. Then it took another step and it was closing distance. It wasn't walking fast but its strides were so huge and it was getting closer and closer. He threw the truck into reverse. The dog man opened its mouth a little bit and hunched over, like it was sizing up prey. He quickly turned the truck around and drove away from the creature. He looks in the rear view mirror. He could still see the dog man illuminated by the red rear lights. He said he had never seen anything like that. It scared the crap out of him. They directly drove back to the station. His training officer said that it was just big dog, but don't talk about it with anyone. They didn't mention it in their nightly report. Occasionally, you'll pick up migrants that will talk about the lobos or the big hairy man and other strange stuff in the desert. Me and my girlfriend at the time went camping deep in the Everglades. We took a dirt road off the Tamiami Trail at the 40-mile bend and headed straight south into Big Cypress Preserve. After passing a few strange private properties, an old Volkswagen full of mannequins, 15-foot fences with no trespassing signs, etc., we found a campsite that was part of the preserve about 30 minutes later. We set up camp and my girlfriend points to a tiny overgrown trail leading back into the woods. I grab my machete, start clearing the path and start hiking along this old trail with her right behind me. We probably blaze the trail for about a mile and a half before she stops me. I look up and there's this old double wide trailer a few yards off the trail up ahead. The walls and floor had mostly fallen through and was totally destroyed. After looking through it we kept walking. I'm looking down hacking away with my machete and she stops me again. There was this small cinder block shelter off the trail to the right. By this point I'm getting creeped out trying to figure out the logistics of someone building a shelter of cinder block or bringing a double wide that deep into the woods. We were miles from any roads and we are in a swamp it just didn't make sense. We kept walking, see more shelters, and all of a sudden the woods open up into this clearing. The shelters we had been seeing surrounded the clearing making a circle and there were old 70s style clothes on the ground, old bottles and cans, and different small tools in each shelter. 
We turned around, looked up and saw these two H-beams raised on series of pillars, making a railroad track that traveled above the brush from way off in the distance and ended at this site. Thoroughly creeped out, we started to circle back toward our campsite before I hear my girlfriend call me over. There was a single-engine airplane with bullet holes down the side turned over in the brush. We checked out the plane and got the hell out. About two years ago now, a friend and I were driving around some dirt roads in rural Georgia. Miles out from any civilization we were just driving because he had plenty of gas, and we were bored. Anyways we turn off the road we were on to check another road. And as soon as we're on it, standing right in the middle of the road, dead ahead of us, about 5 yards from the gate is a massive white cat. We're talking mountain lion size, but fluffy like a bobcat, and snow white. Of course, my reaction was to ask him if he was seeing what I was seeing, because what I was seeing was a giant albino bobcat. After about five whole minutes of making sure we were on the same page and not hallucinating, during which it just sat there, naturally we pull a little closer to get a better look at it. The thing just stared at us, so we go to get out of the truck. As soon as we opened the doors, it trotted to the other side of the gate, and stood there continuing to watch us. Like it knew we were completely foiled by that gate. We still go out at those woods a few times a year to try and find it again but it has been to no avail since. Still, an amazing experience we'll never forget though. Was with my dad back in the early 2000s, saw a few things and wasn't sure about others. Creepy, with construction, took a detour off 75 going to Lexington, Kentucky around 11p mission the summer. Clear night, but once we hit that detour, the whole road got cloudy. Light fog surrounded us. There was a road we took that had only houses on the right side of the road, and a huge cornfield as tall as the doors on the left. Weird thing was that every house had candles on their windows. Street lights were working, but there were only two down that road. We came to a dead end and so we turned around, now I'm facing the cornfields. Swore I saw something tall running in there. The whole route through there, my dad and I stayed quiet until we found a route back to the highway. Dad, that was creepy, yeah. What the f? Other times I saw a giant shadow moving in an open field while we were unloading. I looked up, nothing, not a single cloud or bird in sight. I've also seen in daylight, a silver speck flying incredibly fast in the sky, just with the clouds. No jet stream no sound. It cleared on half of the city in about 15 to 20 seconds and halfway through, it just disappeared in a cloud. Like it went straight into a cloud and didn't come out. I was just waiting for it to show, but nothing. I've always been fascinated by cryptids, creatures of folklore and mystery that exist on the fringes of our understanding. My friends and I often ventured into the backwoods of Montana, hoping to catch a glimpse of these elusive beings. But never in my wildest dreams did I expect to encounter something so eerie and inexplicable. The other night, our curiosity led us deeper into the forest than we had ever ventured before. As we trekked through the darkness, 
we heard strange yelps echoing through the trees, sending shivers down our spines. We knew we were not alone, and the hair on the back of our necks stood on end. And then, we saw it, an intense yellow light glowing amidst the shadows. It danced and flickered, illuminating the surrounding foliage. It was like nothing we had ever seen before, and it seemed to move with an almost intelligent purpose. Fear and fascination battled within us as we stood there, transfixed by the mysterious light and the eerie sounds that accompanied it. We couldn't tear our eyes away, even though every instinct told us to run. It was as if the forest itself had come alive, and we were intruders in a realm we could not comprehend. Eventually, the intensity of the experience overwhelmed us, and we turned on our heels, fleeing from the strange phenomenon. We rushed back to the safety of civilization, our hearts pounding in our chests. We were shaken, unsure of what we had just witnessed. Back in the safety of our homes, we tried to rationalize what we had seen. Was it some kind of natural phenomenon, a trick of the light, or perhaps an elaborate prank? But deep down, we knew it was something else, something beyond our understanding. Despite the fear, our curiosity remained unquenched. We couldn't let this encounter go without further investigation. So, we made a bold decision, we would return to the backwoods of Montana on Friday night, determined to unravel the mystery and perhaps catch another glimpse of the enigmatic yellow light. As Friday approached, we prepared ourselves mentally and emotionally for the upcoming adventure. We equipped ourselves with flashlights, cameras, and any gear that might help us document and understand this strange encounter. Our hearts raced as we entered the forest once again, this time under the veil of night. The memories of the previous night's encounter lingered, but our determination pushed us forward. We moved cautiously, following the same path we had taken before. The night was dark and quiet, with only the sounds of the wilderness surrounding us. As we ventured deeper, anticipation mingled with trepidation. And then, just as we hoped, the faint glow of the yellow light emerged from the depths of the forest. Holding our breaths, we approached slowly, determined to observe without disturbing whatever lay before us. The yelps echoed once more, and the yellow light danced, captivating us once again. But this time, we were prepared. We documented everything, video footage, photographs, audio recordings. We were determined to gather as much evidence as possible to help us understand this cryptic presence. As the night wore on, we remained vigilant, hoping to witness more clues that might reveal the truth behind this elusive phenomenon. Time seemed to blur as we stayed hidden, waiting and observing, until the first light of dawn began to break through the trees. Exhausted and exhilarated, we emerged from the forest with a sense of accomplishment. We hadn't solved the mystery, but we had collected valuable data that might lead us closer to the truth. Now, as we analyze the evidence and share our experiences, our journey into the backwoods of Montana continues. The thrill of the unknown drives us forward, and we remain determined to uncover the secrets hidden within the darkness of the forest. Who knows what other cryptids and mysteries await us in the vast wilderness. The adventure has only just begun. Hello. I'm reporting that these entities were in my home on November 15, 2016 in Peoria, Illinois. 
I awoke around 2.30 am to see three beings standing at my bedroom door. They are translucent, soft light emanating from their bodies. I sat up in my bed and stared intently. My impression was of a mother with a child. She was tall and lean with olive-colored dark eyes. She had long arms and no clothing. I could not see any specific genital shapes. Her mouth was narrow with an oval-shaped face, no hair on her body. The child entity stood next to her mother holding her leg. The child was up to her hips. I felt this was a boy. Same appearance, but smaller and stout with arms and legs. The eyes were very large and looking at me as if this was its first time seeing a human being. The third entity stood behind them. Same soft light emanating from the body. At this point, I could tell all three bodies were floating like a hologram. The third entity was different in that on top of its head were these antennas with olive-colored eyes. There must have been eight or so of these attached to the head and looked like part of the scalp. I thought this being was a scout and the antennas were cameras. I tried to get up out of bed and the beings turned their backs and floated down the hallway and disappeared. I thought okay, that was a strange experience. Around 3 am the next evening. The being with the antenna on the head appeared standing in my hall near my coat closet and hanging onto the woodwork. I looked up and waved my hand. It matched my hand wave and a slight smile like Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Gamona Lisa's smile appeared on its face. I tried to get up and it disappeared. 
I could only describe the movement of the beings as watching seaweed floating in the ocean. They were opaque but I could see through them. I remember feeling joy unlike any other. An overwhelming sense of love and wonderment. It was a marvelous experience. I wished to remain anonymous. My family would not believe me. I have told two close friends. Whether they believe or not I do not care. I felt like sharing. I believe these beings walk among us at this moment. Observing us. Maybe they are here to help or just waiting to pick up the pieces after we are departed. When I was about 14 or 15 years old my parents went out for a date night and I was watching my little sister who was about 12. She wanted to go next door to watch a movie with her friend, her friend's mom worked nights so she was there alone. I told her fine. Around midnight or so she calls the house crying telling me to come over and help and hung up. I had no idea what was going on so I ran over there and busted through the front door screaming their names. They didn't answer and I found them sitting on the ground in the corner of the kitchen literally freaking out. They told me that the pantry door slammed by itself while they were in the living room. The living room and kitchen are connected but separated by a counter so they watched it happen. I thought they were full of shit and just were watching a scary movie and convinced themselves they saw it. Almost immediately after that a door upstairs shuts. I heard it and told them it was probably just a window that was left open that caused it to happen. I was so convinced that was it I had them follow me upstairs to check. I wish I had never done that because we checked every room and no windows were open. Kind of confused we headed back downstairs. I make it maybe four steps down where the door at the top of the stairs opens and slams shut like someone kicked it shut. In 2009 I attended college at the University of Maryland or Eastern Shore. I always felt overwhelmed with studying and assignments and spent most of my time inside. My roommate and I decided to abandon our school work one weekend and have an adventure. We agreed to go to Assateague Island. It's a barrier island and a refuge for wildlife. I was most excited to check out the feral ponies I had heard about. There do not seem to be many places where you can see wild horses anymore. So we decided to camp even though it was the off-season and chilly. At least there were no crowds. We borrowed a bunch of gear from our hardcore camping friend and headed out. We stopped at the visitor center and the rangers told us where we would be likely to see the horses. They told us to make sure we put away all of our food items whenever we were away from the campsite. We showed them the bear-proof cooler we had borrowed and they said that was fine. We set up our camping spot and went to the recommended trail and when we were out there we caught sight of horses off in the distance. They told us to stay at least 40 feet away. We were happy to get a distant view of horses across an inlet. However, we were really excited when the herd stormed through the water and toured the area where we were standing. There must have been three different herds while we hiked that morning. We had binoculars to spot them in the distance and were satisfied with our sightings by noon. We had a cookout and relaxed on the beach. I was ready for bed early and got into my sleeping bag after sunset with my book. I must have fallen asleep immediately. The next thing I knew I was woken up by something howling. Now I'm familiar with coyotes and wolves but this did not sound like that. 
It was higher and more shrill. It gave me goosebumps all over and I could feel it getting closer. I convinced myself it must be one of the island foxes so I just fell asleep again. But then this horrible growl woke me up again. It was a low growl, guttural, and rumbling. I could hear something rustling outside the tent. It was probably half an hour before the noises stopped and I could sleep again. The next day we decided to take the wildlife loop trail. It was maybe three miles long and gave good views of marsh and forest. We spent a long time exploring. By the time we decided to head back to camp we were both pretty tired and it was almost sunset. We came over the crest of a dunes and could see our tent a ways away. It looked like it was fluttering in the wind more than it should be. I could tell there was some stuff on the ground by the tent and I remember saying how weird that was. As we got closer we could see that the tent door was hanging unzipped and flapping around. The stuff on the ground was our gear, sleeping bags and clothes. We thought someone robbed us. We knew we hadn't left any food unsecured and it didn't seem like an animal's work because the zippers were just pulled down like a person would do. Inside the tent there were muddy prints all over the ground cover and tarp. If I didn't know better I would have thought they were from a giant dog. Our bags had been opened and all contents had been removed and thrown around. All the food locked inside the cooler was missing and everything was covered in sand and mud. We were totally astonished, and then I noticed that growl I heard the night before. I was instantly terrified. I can't tell you how primal it sounds. My roommate and I rushed out and heard it coming towards us as it came from behind the trees. We both screamed when we saw this huge werewolf-like creature. It was obviously eating something and looked like a six or seven foot tall wolf but had a man's torso. It had a long snout and sharp fangs and when it held it sounded like a human scream. It was facing sideways from us so I couldn't really see its eyes. However, its back was kind of hunched over and it had massive shoulders. It never looked at us. It finished what it ate and then turned away and disappeared into the trees. We were literally shaken from seeing that thing. We knew we had to leave. We pulled everything out of the tent and shook it off as best we could. We threw everything in the trunk and raced out of there. We stopped at the ranger station but it was after hours and nobody was around. We didn't know what to do and went home. I called them the next day to describe what we had seen. I have no idea if they took me seriously or if they thought we were just seeing things. I'm a pretty big skeptic of anything supernatural and I have a firm belief that everything can be explained by science. So I can't recall anything but one incident. It happened about 18 years ago. My wife's parents' house is a ranch house that is carved into the side of a hill. In their basement they have a nice wood-burning stove and a big old comfy couch and some crocheted comforters that are amazing. It was Thanksgiving and we had just eaten. I didn't drink back then either. No meds to speak of. Perfectly healthy. It was my wife, her parents and her two sisters. In classic form I go downstairs after turkey, dressing and all matters of food. I curl up on the couch and take a nap. The wood burner was on but closed, so no noise, the curtains down there were the light blocking kind so it was pitch black. Awesome right? I am snuggled up in this blanket and I slept for an hour and a half, toasty. Just fantastic.
I wake up. It of course is still pitch black. I stand up and make my move to the light switch. As I start walking there I hear something. When I say hear something that isn't really a good description. It wasn't like in my ears with a direction. You know how you can tell where a sound is coming from? This sound was coming from inside my head. Not my ears. And it was loud the voice, which was neither man or woman whispered loudly. Ha ha 18 years later I am getting chills typing this. Jew HHNN. My name obviously is John. I stood there in the dark. Dead still. About 5 foot from the light switch. Not scared. Confused. Okay who the hell is down here? Where did that come from? Who was that? I didn't recognize the voice. I waited for it to repeat. I stood there for a minute with no light on. Nothing happened. So I walked the 5 foot to the light switch and flipped it on. Click. Looked around the basement. Nothing abnormal. I heard the rumbling of people walking around upstairs and talking lightly through the floor. So I put my pants back on. And walked up the stairs. My wife, her parents and two sisters are sitting at the table. So not even thinking. I said to them. Ha ha ha. Very funny whomever was downstairs. They all looked at me and you could tell the look was totally confused. My family is the jokesters. My wife's family is the serious people. My wife's mom says John, we were all up here talking. Then it hit me. That voice wasn't them. Then I got serious chills because it didn't make sense but I was such a skeptic it couldn't be anything but them up to that point. Then my wife said something about how their cleaning lady had said she heard voices down in her basement a few years back and the father also said the crazy aunt heard someone down there once. Then there was insane talk about Indian burial grounds and other stuff. I have never experienced that before. And in 18 years haven't again either. Just strange. He'll never figure it out I am sure. Every person that has ever been close to me has seen or had a conversation with me when I wasn't around at least once. This started happening around the time I turned 13. I had an early day at school and decided to hang out at a friend's house instead of catching the bus home, stayed for a few hours and walked home. When I got into the house I heard my mom speaking to someone upstairs, which was unusual since we were normally the only two people there at any given time. When I turned the corner to see what was going on I saw her looking into the open door of my room and heard her having a conversation. Obviously confused I asked who was over, at which point she jumped, turned around, and got white in the face. At the time she told me she was on the phone but later confessed that she thought I had been home since school got out and was trying to wake me up from a nap. A few years later I got into my first serious relationship. After a few months of dating each other I had moved into my first apartment with a few close friends. One night while she was staying over I was awoken and saw that she was crying. When I asked her what was wrong she told me that she had gotten up to use the bathroom. When she came out she saw me walking down the hallway and towards the stairs, assuming I had just woken up from her getting out of bed and went to get a glass of water she didn't think anything of it. Until she turned the corner and saw me laying in the same spot I was in completely asleep. Not long after that my roommates also started having similar experiences, usually at night. <laughs> 
This has since continued throughout every relationship and close friendship I've acquired, to the point where it's become something that I have to disclose while also trying to sound sane. The most troubling and confusing part about this is that I've never personally experienced it and the only time I'm aware that it's happened is when I'm comforting someone from whatever they saw. This happened in the middle of nowhere Missouri at our house, and it has two parts. I'm not sure the two parts are related but I've always thought that they were. First part is that I'm 16 and I get home from school and there are two guys sitting on my porch. Keep in mind I'm in the middle of nowhere. So they see me, and I see them and it's not like I can turn around. So being 16 I get out and go talk to them. Turns out they are basically bums or hobos that live on the rails. Funny thing is that they are at least 10 miles from the rails, and I have no idea how they picked out my house from the dozens they passed. Anyway I start talking to them and one is a larger guy with a beard that is doing all the talking and giving me the full on oh I'm down on my luck story. The skinny guy was not saying a word and kind of, on reflection, acting drugged up. They want me to give them a ride to the YMCA which is about 25 miles away. Being 16 I think. Why not, about that time my mother comes home and freaks out. Calls the sheriff and he comes and picks them up. Doesn't arrest them, just has them transported to a shelter. I talk to the sheriff later and he says that he ended up taking them to the YMCA for the night. No big deal. Then it gets a little weird and this is when I've always wondered the connection. My mother goes out of town to stay with her sister for the weekend. Not a huge deal, I was 16 at the time and it happened every few months. About 1am I start hearing a noise downstairs, not loud enough to wake me up and make me say holy shit someone is breaking in, but loud enough to wake me. This goes on for about 20 minutes or so and I'm finally awake. I turn on all the lights but don't go outside, at this point I'm about half freaking out, the noises aren't loud enough that I think something is wrong but they were loud enough to make me go. WTF nothing happens about 45 minutes later I go to bed but have opened the blinds and looked outside. I'm laying in bed again thinking to myself well I didn't see anything it sure was dark out there and I realize. Hey man you have a giant ass overhead street light on an electric pole outside that is always on. Why is it dark? This prompts me to freak the hell out. I get up, and of course load up a shotgun, grab a few cans of Dr. Pepper and stay up all night while staring into the darkness because sure as shit my giant street lamp that has been on every day for 16 years is dead. Morning rolls around and there is that dew that covers the ground. I go outside and first look at the light, and the fuse was pulled laying on the ground. It was one of those old fuses that looked like a shotgun shell. I put it back in, and it worked the next night. I walk up to the house and in the morning do there are all these hand prints on the door, as well as all these pentagrams drawn on the door. What freaked me out was that there was all this paint gone and chips around the screen or glass door, like someone had a small screwdriver and was trying to get in scared the crap out of me, and the police decided that it was just someone screwing with me or it was random. I've always thought that the two hobos came back, but keep in mind if they did they would have had to make it 25 miles, so at that point I have no idea what they were planning. Also my mother thought I was making the whole thing up. 
She thought I was doing a practical joke, and couldn't figure out the punchline. She stayed at the sister's house. Hello everyone. I'm not really sure if I should post this, mostly because I'm not really sure if what I'm experiencing is paranormal in any way, but, yeah, I just need some kind of confirmation whether I'm just imagining things or not. Now, I also have to say that this post is going to be pretty long. These things have been happening for about a year so, there's a lot to tell. I also have to state some things before I start telling you my story. I'm still in high school, final year, so I still live with my parents in a relatively small apartment, two bedrooms, a kitchen, a bathroom and a hall. The apartment building was built somewhere in the early 1990s and my apartment was firstly inhabited by a small family before my parents moved in 2001. I don't have any mental illness and no record of any in my family, so what I've been seeing or hearing is most probably real. Now, let's go through my story. When I was young, I was extremely afraid of sleeping alone. Now, this is normal for any child, but my fear only disappeared when I was about 11 or 12. Now that I think about it, it might have been because of the sounds that I could hear at night. The building is relatively new, so there are no creaks or other sounds, even though the water can sometimes be heard circulating through the pipes. But ever since I was little, I could hear footsteps in the hall at night. Whenever I went to check there was no apparent source. This startled me a bit in my early years, but as I grew older I assumed they were from the neighbors above and kinda shook it off whenever I heard them. About a year ago, though, things really started to happen. And it all began with me having a sleep paralysis experience. That night, I woke up but I couldn't move or speak, only look around my dark room, illuminated eerily by moonlight. At the foot of my bed stood a tall, dark figure. Not abnormally tall, somewhere close to my father's height at that time. I couldn't make out many details apart of it being humanoid, but it didn't speak or even move as a matter of fact. It just stared at me. I remember the feeling of just laying there, wafting that figure stare back at me, but, weirdly enough, I was completely calm. I wasn't confused, scared, horrified even. Just calm. A month after that, I was on my PC, with the door to my bedroom closed. My desk with my computer is stationed on the other side of the door, so my webcam looks directly to it. That evening, I was on Discord with my friends and I had my camera turned on. We were just talking, chilling, laughing. Normal things. As I had my headphones on, I couldn't hear anything apart my friends' voices. Now, I only found this out about a couple of days later, but sometime during our call, my friends saw my door open by itself, but they thought it was my mother checking in on me. I didn't tell them that, but I knew for a fact that I was home alone at the moment. This really freaked me out and for a few days I was terrified of being alone in the house. I thought someone broke in during that time but there was nothing missing and the front door remained locked from the inside. The next few months were quiet. Very quiet. Nothing happened and the footsteps in the hall were gone. My theory about them was enhanced by the fact that the neighbors upstairs moved out and, to this day, no one lives in the apartment above. But then, 
Things started going down. I started finding some of my things slightly moved. A pen from my desk was on the floor, a book in my bookshelf was now on my bed and things like that. I talked to my parents about those, but they said they didn't move anything. Then, I would find a door to a cabinet or wardrobe randomly opened and left that way. Most of them also had nothing to do with my parents. This is when we started to jokingly say there was a ghost in the apartment. And we named it Mark. I know, it sounds stupid, but we chose to amuse ourselves instead of worrying. Something any person would find much more comforting, I believe. Then, we installed the light. As we sleep with the doors to our bedrooms open, it is inconvenient when someone turns on the hall light at night, when they go to the bathroom, mostly because the other are them woken up by it. So, to avoid stumbling into things while navigating through darkness, we installed a motion detecting hall light. Simple, right? Kinda. Except of the fact that ever since we installed it I barely sleep at night. The footsteps now returned, even though there is absolutely no one above us and we live at the ground floor. But now, whenever I could hear footsteps, the light in the hall would turn on, as like detecting movement. But no one is there. I never managed to record it, so when I told my friends about it they laughed at me. But when I had one of them stay overnight, their opinion changed within minutes. A week ago, I took a shower at about 2 to 3 am now, I might just be paranoid, but I can bet there's something there with me whenever I enter the bathroom. Watching. When I got out of the shower, I noticed scratch marks on my left arm. Two parallel lines and a perfect M or W now, as I said, most of this could be explained, like. Sleep paralysis, hallucinations. Footsteps, creaks of the building. Light, faulty wiring but for the sake of me I can't explain the scratches. The moved items, the open doors or even the presence I sometimes feel watches over me me. My friends suggested I contact the spirit but this is where I stop. I know for a fact how dangerous Ouija boards and seances can be and I am not willing to invite something else into my home. And I also live in a country where religion isn't taken that seriously apart from the elders. Most priests don't even believe in God and our religion doesn't really cover ghosts or spirits, so there is no way to exorcise or bless the house or something like that. So I ask you, a gathering of the most enthusiastic paranormal enjoyers and investigators. Is this paranormal? And what should I do about it? So I used to live in this small one-story house with A, at the time, pseudo-large family. Three kids me included and my mom. So the house had this added on living room, it was a recent addition to the house that I guess the original owner decades ago didn't want but was added after he passed. Now I am not superstitious or anything. But that whole room felt. Off. Like it was uneven and slanted even though it wasn't. It gave me the chills to be alone there. One night I leave my room for some reason, probably because I was scared or something, and I slept on the couch in the living room because it is in eyeshot of my mother's room and very close to it. We also had this mirror, it was a large vanity mirror on rusty hinges that would move when hit by wind or a, very strong, current since it was made of copper and rather large. So I'm sleeping in the living room, 
or trying to, and then the mirror starts to move, now it is stagnant in there, like no air current, the heaters aren't blowing. Nothing. And this big ass copper mirror rotates and faces me while I am on the couch. It turned real slow too, it squeaked and everything and bothered the hell out of me. It lasted an eternity. Couldn't sleep all night and laid awake facing away from it. The following morning when I got up and walked over to my mom's room to wake her up the mirror was silently turned back to its original position. I don't believe it was anything supernatural but it freaks me the f out to this day and I'm glad I never have to set foot in that room again. I was in Georgia Rowan 10pm and saw something way up in the atmosphere tracking westward, truck was parked at a warehouse and I there to unload the next morning. Whatever I saw was bright, but way high and moving fast. I call my parents in Texas and tell them to look straight up and look to the easy for some ring moving west. They see nothing, we hang up, I look at this thing till it's out of my sight, about 5 minutes. Five more minutes pass and my parents call telling me they see it. Could have been a satellite maybe? But that would be the first time I or they saw one in their town as there is too much city light for satellites to be seen. That was the first time I saw something in the sky that I could not explain. I 34 female, was hanging out downstairs while my child 5 male, years not months, Slept upstairs in bed just like every night. I have a camera baby monitor that is close circuit, does not even connect to the internet, basically only a camera and a handheld screen, doesn't hook up to a cell or anything. Anyway, last night I was sitting on the couch watching TV when I noticed my kiddo moving around, so I started watching the monitor to see if I needed to run up and lay with him before he fully awoke. Then it looked as if he was lifted an inch or so and tossed, so then I really watched the monitor thinking I didn't see what I thought I saw. Then it was like he got scooted up, then it was like something had him by his upper arms and pulling him up into a sitting position with his head back, like when you are trying to move someone that's sleeping and they are limp. I immediately ran upstairs and flipped the light on to find him sound asleep between the pillows covered in sweat. I called my husband in a panic because I was very freaked out and he told me that I probably didn't see it right or was imagining things and to not let it bother me. I could not get my heart rate and breathing to calm after about 10 minutes of sitting in the bed next to my sleeping kid, so I ended up scooping him up and brining him downstairs to sleep on the couch because I sure as hell wasn't going to sleep up there and neither was he. My husband said it was stupid for me to do that but I was very uncomfortable being upstairs. My son slept through everything, from being scooped up, carried downstairs and being placed on the bed, as well as me staying up for several more hours watching TV not being able to sleep and woke up when I got up for work this morning at 5am. I don't even know what answers I'm looking for, I'm freaked out and terrified of what I saw. Today I had another scary experience. It was around 4.23 am. I woke up from my sleep and felt thirsty so I drank some orange juice next to me and planned to go back to sleep. After a couple minutes of quietness I felt sleepy and closed my eyes until I heard knocking on my window. Which scared me. 
I felt fear when I heard it because my window is next to me. It's above me by 7 inches. This was the second time I heard it since a month or two ago. I remember it so well because I was up watching some cartoons around 2am when I heard knocking coming my window. And I didn't bother looking outside since there is some curtains blocking the view. I told a friend about this today and they said it was probably some branches or an animal. But I told them I sleep in the second floor of the house and there a screen window frame outside the window. Which is impossible for something to knock from the outside without removing the window screen. Does anyone have any experience with something or have any ideas on what it could be? A year ago, the crone-like spirit of an old woman haunted me. A medium explained that this spirit was my teacher in a past life, and that she'd return to guide me in divination and intuition. My attempts establish a safe relationship with this spirit were not respected, so I asked a shaman friend for help in clearing this entity from my house. The night before my friend came over, I was so nauseous I could barely sleep. That entire day, I collected things for the ritual. I had 13 red and 13 white carnations, Florida water, the bell and candles from my own altar, and sage. I felt prepared, if uncertain. When I did sleep that night, my dreams were dark and disturbing. My husband, the cat and the dog all seemed on edge. That morning, my friend arrived shortly after my husband left for work. Opening all the window and the doors, we began setting up the space by lighting candles and smudging every corner of the apartment. The sage burst and crackled, shedding sparks among thick, fragrant smoke. I lost two good duvet covers that day. Both pets retreated immediately beneath their respective beds, and stayed hidden for the duration. Preparing to call the cardinal corners, my friend used his phone's compass to confirm the directions. It was way off. I know my house, and my corners, and so oriented us correctly. But I felt suspicious, like maybe the entity herself was sabotaging our efforts to remove her. Finally, we began, my friend, beating a low, steady rhythm on his animal skin drum, invoke the guidance and protection of the spirit animals, of the earth and the sky. I followed behind him, ringing the altar bell as he spit sprayed mouthfuls of spirit water throughout the apartment. Throughout this, two things rolled around in the back of my mind. The first, what will the neighbors think? The second was that I might vomit. The nausea I'd felt since the night before had increased past the point of simple discomfort. Next, my friend took the red carnations in batches, dipping them into a bowl of spirit water, then circling them in mid-air, just like we'd done while smudging. He went room by room, discarding the used flowers onto the newsprint we'd placed on the coffee table at the center of the apartment. Halfway through his work, he paused and suddenly rushed into the bathroom, becoming violently ill. In that exact moment, I lost the battle with my own nausea. Thank goodness for close friends and multiple bathrooms. Eventually, he'd used all of the carnations throughout the entire space. Perched on our couch, he ended the ceremony with frantic drumming and full voice singing. I could physically feel the energies in my home shifting around us. I gave one last thought to our neighbors, and then joined him. My throat raw from the smoke and being sick, 
I sang out in my loudest voice to move the energy swirling throughout my home. Finally, the ritual was over. We placed the white carnations in a vase on the coffee table. If the ritual had truly exorcised the spirits, he said, the carnations would still be white tomorrow when we woke. I thanked my friend, and he left. At his instruction, I then bundled the red carnations in the newsprint and carried them to the seaside, burying them in the sandy soil near a banyan tree. I was too tired when I got home to notice if anything felt different. I simply stumbled inside and fell straight into bed, briefly mourning the burn holes in my duvet. I slept most of the afternoon and all through the night. The following day, the white carnations were still white. I also wrapped these flowers in newspaper, burying them beneath a different tree in the park. As I covered my parcel with the last handfuls of soil, the nausea I'd felt for days cleared instantly, like grey clouds clearing to reveal blue sky. I suddenly felt. Fine. Also very hungry. I returned to a house that felt peaceful and ordered. I paid careful attention over the next several days, trying to suss out whether our banishment had succeeded. The crone was, and nearly a year later still is, gone. Phew. I know that was a lot. I've had many strange and spooky experiences throughout my life. Holler if you'd like to hear more. Thanks for reading.